0: Kids dismissed. Go back with Miss Julia and Miss. The rest of us go ahead and grab our Bibles. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to read one verse and then we'll get started tonight and read the rest of the greater context once we get into it. But uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In verse number 17 is where we're going to be started tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse number 16. Paul is writing his second letter to the Corinthian church here. He's writing from the city of Philippi, from the best of our knowledge. And this is what, as he's going through and uh, discussing things with them, this is what he says in verse number 17. He says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Let's pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just um, come before You, Lord, and we just need Your help tonight to understand Your Word. We pray that it would speak to our hearts, Lord, everyone here, and that we could leave changed because of Your Word, Lord, and because of Your power. Pray that we would draw closer to You tonight, Lord, and that You would teach us more about You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Looking around today, looking around at our world, what is going on can be a very discouraging thing. Looking around at, let's say, our political scene, we see what is going on in Congress. We see what is going on today, what we would consider reality, what is going on. We see politicians who are lying. We see people who are lying and accusing others of lying. We see immorality, scandals, all kinds of problems. And if you look at that and look at where our country was and where it is today, the reality of the situation can be very discouraging. If we look at the moral climate of our society, where America once stood, what it once stood for as a people, not just the politicians, but as a people, it can be discouraging. It can be a little bit disheartening to look at where we were and where we are today. To look at the reality of where many people are. We can, look at the tr- and we, can, we can look at what's around us and it can be discouraging. We can also look at what's going on in our own lives. The trials that have come in our life, whether the situations with family, whether the situations with whatever you want to put in there there's always going to be something going on in your life that is just like, man, I wish this wasn't here. This is just... Life would be so much easier if I didn't have to put up with this person. Or life would be so much easier if I didn't have this health problem. Or whatever the situation is. Life has a way of bringing many bitter experiences into our life. And as we look at that, It can be very discouraging. And oftentimes, the reality of what is going on in this world, what is happening today, can dim the reality of eternity. And then we hear, we come to church, and we hear someone read from the Bible and make a statement like this, like Paul did in verse number 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, and you may look around at your life and say, "This isn't light affliction, and it doesn't seem like it's going to end. It seems like it just goes on and on and on." You look, you can look at the reality of our world today, and there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. There doesn't seem to be well, it's and to sit here and say it's going to get better at some time. I just believe it's going to get better. If you seriously believe that, that will just, just drive you mad. As you look at the continued evil of our situation in, this, in our country today, in our world, in what is going on. Just saying, hey, it's going to get better. No, it's not going to get better. And then you hear a preacher stand up and say, it's light affliction it's but for a moment. And you could say, you're crazy, man. That isn't the way I see it. That isn't reality. Reality is life is hard. Reality is, they're suffering in this world. And that is true. But what would make Paul make such a statement like this? Paul says, but our light affliction is but for a moment. We have to go a little bit back into Paul's life so we can understand a little bit more why this statement is so astounding. You see, Paul... Was originally as a missionary, we had this morning talked a little bit about Paul and the road to Damascus. Paul was originally a very zealous Jew and he persecuted the Christians and persecuted the Christians. But then, miraculously, as in everyone's life who was saved, Jesus came and Paul got saved. He accepted Christ as his Savior and his life was completely changed. Now, instead of persecuting the Christians, Paul was a Christian. Paul was preaching the very Christ that he had persecuted. And he was excited. He was zealous to do that. Because he knew what was right. But Paul now, as a Christian, had endured much and great suffering in this life as a Christian. This letter, from the best of our knowledge, was written from Philippi. And many here today will know the story of when Paul initially went to Philippi to preach the Gospel. What happened there? As he was preaching, he... um, there was a demon-possessed girl, and he cast out the demon. And he was brought before the magistrates, and he was beaten unjustly and thrown in prison. The Bible says he was beaten with many stripes. Paul had suffered great physical persecution. We can read in the book of Acts, and almost every town he went to, not all, but almost every, he was chased out of by the Jewish people or by the Greeks, depending on which, um, which city he was in. Paul had endured much persecution. If you read later in the book of Corinthians, he talks about how he was telling the Corinthians, listen, I've suffered for Christ. I've been beaten. I've been stoned. I've been shipwrecked. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, when he is saying, but our, um, excuse me, I lost my place in but our, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, Paul knew what it was in the reality of this life, to experience great suffering, great physical suffering. Paul knew what it was like. And he was not just making some rose-colored statement here saying, life is going to be better. That's not what he's saying. The fact that he had physically endured suffering was a reality. But he is saying there's a greater reality than that, that is, that is going to change how I view my physical suffering is let's go um, back and let's read, start in verse number 15 and we're going to read. This is what Paul's saying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he is writing, he says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Paul was willing to suffer all things, for the Corinthian believers. So they could learn more about God. And learn more about God. Why? So God could receive more glory. Paul was going to continue to serve God. He wasn't discouraged. By the suffering that had come on his life. He was going to continue to serve God. And continue to serve God. Despite all the suffering he had gone to. Because he wanted to see God. Receive the glory. That's what it says in verse number 15. That through the thanksgiving of many redound. To the glory of God. Paul wasn't doing what he was doing for himself. Paul wasn't trying to build himself a kingdom. Though others, if we read, Paul was answering questions saying, Hey, Paul was trying to do this. And Paul was saying, No, I'm not. All of the, everything I'm doing is for the glory of God. The glory of God was the purpose and the motivation for Paul. Which, the reason why he could say in verse number 16... For which cause, because I'm not serving God for myself, I'm serving for the glory of God. For which cause, we faint not. Now, the idea of the word faint, as you can understand, it's very simple in our English. has the idea of lose heart. Football season is here. How many have seen a team who is down, college football especially, when you see when the big powerhouse schools at the beginning of the season play these little nobody's Schools, And the score is 59-0, to or something like that. And the other team, they're just in it because they have to be in it. By the fourth quarter, they're running the plays, and they've completely lost heart. Or it could be in whatever sport you want to put in there, whatever activity. They are completely defeated, and they've lost heart. But that isn't the life of Paul. Even though he's endured much physical suffering... He's been beaten. He's been stoned. He's been shipwrecked in the service for God. But he says, for which cause we faint not. He says, and he's including the Corinthian believers. He says, we. He's expecting the Corinthian believers to have the same focus, the same understanding of what is going on as he does. He's saying, for which cause we faint not. As we serve God, we're not supposed to lose heart. Even with what comes along through life circumstances, we're not supposed to get discouraged. Discouraged is not supposed to be a word that describes a Christian. It's not. I've heard the word despair. The, a definition of despair as losing. Um, I'm sorry, losing thought on who God is. Stop remembering who God is. That's despair is when you stop remembering who God is. And Paul's saying, we aren't losing heart here. Even though we've suffered, and if you go back early in this chapter, in verse number 12, it talks about, um, I'm sorry, verse number 9, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. And he begins to go through a list of, what, of the suffering he has gone through different ways that he has been physically and emotionally stressed and disturbed and gone through trials. But he says, we're not going to faint. We're not going to lose heart here. We're going to continue to serve God. Though, he says, though the, our outward man perish. He says, for which cause we faint not even though if my outward body is going to decay and completely be destroyed, I can still have heart. I can still continue to serve God despite what is going on because the yet end of verse number 16, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The idea is continually, even though the outward body, Paul's saying, has been gone through great stress, great trials, physical. It, it, he isn't making this up. He isn't blowing things out of proportion here. Paul has gone through great physical stress. He says, But even though my outward body may per- perish, be completely destroyed, the inward man can be renewed day by day. That, can be, that is not talking about being saved again day by day, being renewed. What it's talking about is being invigorated, re-enlivened. It can continue to move forward. And Paul didn't lose heart. If anyone had a right to quit, it was probably Paul for everything he had gone through. Yet, when we are going through a time of trial, a time of testing, whatever the situation may be in our life, it is easy to take our focus and begin to put it on the temptation, the trial, the person, whatever is going on in our life, physically speaking, it is easy to take our eyes and put it on that situation. Which, when we do that, it is very easy to lose heart. The suffering we are enduring today oftentimes looks like it will overwhelm us. But Paul was viewing his present suffering As insignificant and temporary. Here's what he says in in verse number 17, the verse we read. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Let's just stop there. When he's talking about light affliction. If I read the book of Acts correctly and hear what happened to the Apostle Paul... And the suffering he went through, not only physically, but also the way he had to care for the different churches and spiritually, as there was people coming into the churches and trying to confuse the doctrine he had taught them. Read the book of Galatians. He was very concerned and wrote a very strong letter trying to help the Galatians know what was right. And yet, he describes all that he went through, and all that He was going through right at that moment as light affliction. Light. That's what it means. Insignificant, something that doesn't have a lot of weight. And He contrasts, and then He goes on and says, which are but for a moment the same suffering that is in my life that it would very easily overwhelm me if I put my focus on that but I have to remember, it's but for a moment. And that same suffering is working. It's accomplishing. It's doing something. That same suffering that I'm going through is working for us. Remember, Paul is still including the Corinthian believers in this. A far more exceeding. Paul, What Paul did is he's just, he's overemphasizing that. It's just beyond comparison. Far more exceeding. He's just saying... More than you can ever imagine. He's building it up. Far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. The suffering that I'm going through now, Paul is saying, the suffering that we are going through now as a believer, the persecution that is coming in your life, the, the suffering that you are enduring physically, emotionally, spiritually... It's light affliction and but for a moment, but at the same time, it's working a far more and exceeding, just abundant weight of glory, eternal weight of glory. It is something eternal. Paul isn't talking here about physical suffering not existing. He knew what that was. And yet he is saying it's light affliction. And it's but for a moment. And it's working something far beyond what I can see right now. It is working something in the future. Eternal weight of glory. There is something very important, Paul saying, that's happening right now. You see, Paul kept his focus on the reality of eternal things. Oftentimes, what I I started out in the beginning saying, is the reality of this life can come upon us and can begin to, to depress us. And we can begin, if we're not careful, to lose heart. We can begin to lose focus on what is truly going on to where no longer the sufferings of this life, we can say they're light affliction and they're but for a moment, but they can become overwhelming to us when we stop viewing this life's reality, and the reality of eternity. And that's what Paul's saying here. Look at verse number 18. He says, let's read verse number 17. It continues his thought. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal... But the things which are not seen are eternal. You see, Paul was able to continue serving the Lord even with joy. With joy. Despite the constant suffering he was going through. Because he kept his focus on the reality of eternal things. He viewed today's affliction in the reality of eternity. That's what he was doing. And he's saying, Corinthian believers, you're going to go through persecution. You're going to go through trials. It's going to happen. There's going to be suffering in your life. But you can view that as light affliction and but for a moment, when, while, look at what he says in verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. You see, Paul wasn't Focused on the reality of today. Though he was living it. He wasn't discounting it. But where his mind was, where he was thinking about, was eternity. The things that are not seen. The fact that God is real. The fact that God always keeps His Word. The fact that God's Word is always true. That's where Paul was thinking. And that's why Paul could look at the suffering he was physically going through and say, Hey, it's light affliction. It, it, this isn't overwhelming me. It's but for a moment. And it's working something far greater in eternity than I can ever imagine now. And I can realize that. That was all true, but Paul realized that. Paul knew that. He, Paul lived that way. It wasn't just the head knowledge. It wasn't just, it is easy to come to church and say, Yes, one, if I'm saved today, one day I'm going to heaven. One day I'm going to leave this world and it's all going to be gone. I won't have to endure the suffering of this world, the physical suffering. I won't have to battle with the sinful flesh anymore. And I'm going to go to heaven. It's easy to say that. But it's another thing when the trials and the temptations of life begin to come on our lives. It is so easy, and I do it all the time, and we all do it. It is human nature to become overwhelmed and our total vision is blocked by what is reality today. But Paul's reminding them, the true reality, what is truth, is the fact that if you're saved, the affliction today is but for a moment, because there's eternity in the future. And we can realize that when our focus isn't on what we see today, but what what it cannot be seen. Because the things which are seen, the things which surround us, the things which so easily grab our attention are temporal. That means they're going away. They're not going to be there forever. But the things which are not seen, we, he said later in 1 Corinthians, for we walk by faith and not by sight. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God, Paul is saying, listen, the battles aren't physical. Our enemy is in what we see. What we see, yes, it hurts. Yes, they're suffering, but we'll suffer all things for the glory of God, because I'm not looking at what's going on today. I'm looking at what's happening in the future. I'm looking at what God is going to do, what God is even doing through this suffering in my life right now. He viewed today's affliction, which was real. He wasn't discounting that. but he viewed today's affliction with the reality of eternity. Excuse me. And today, in our lives, here at the Open Door Bible Baptist Church, I was reading my devotions earlier this week and I came across this passage. And I was like, I believe this is what God wants me to preach on Sunday night. And we're working at union. And right now, as, you're, as I'm up on, and Brother CJ, and, and um, Pastor, and Brother Jason, and uh, tomorrow Brother Brett's going to be there, other men who have come and been able to help us. Load containers. Several of you have been there loading containers. Brother Mike as well. Up there, working. And some days it's hot. And you're 50 feet in the air, hauling different pieces of material that sometimes weigh over 100 pounds. And you're up there, and you're working, and you're sweating. And it doesn't feel like light affliction at that time. You're like, good night, when is this going to be over? When it... Um, just one more day, just just keep going, just just keep going, just keep walking just just keep doing the work that i 'm supposed to do today for me right now, working at union could take my entire focus onto union as a reality it's not i 'm not making that up that is what is happening, but if I allow my focus to become on the suffering that is going on right now. And it's not suffering, necessarily. It's just hard. I'm not saying I'm there beaten like Paul. That's not what I'm saying at all. But, if I allow my focus to get on that until I get just one more day, just one more day, you know what I'm not doing? I'm not bringing glory to God the way I should. Because I should be serving it, serving God as saying, this is an opportunity as I'm working here, as I'm sweating here, this is an opportunity for God to receive glory in eternity because of what is going on right now. But that can only happen, I can only see that happen when I am not viewing, seeing what is right in front of me, I am seeing what is beyond that, the things that are not seen, what God eventually wants to do through that building, through the preaching of God's Word once again sounding from that pulpit, from souls being saved once again in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and in North Brooklyn and Union Baptist Church, God wants to see His name glorified through that. But I can view that either as something that is just pressing down on me and bearing me down to where I can't move. Or I can say, God wants to see something accomplished here. God is doing something here. And it needs to be, my focus needs to be not on today's affliction, but on the reality of eternity, what God wants to do not what's going on right now, and when my focus is on the reality of eternity, I can stand here like Paul and say, listen, it is light affliction, and it is but for a moment, because God is working something more abundantly than we can ever imagine right now. Far exceeding eternal weight of glory, God is trying to do that right now. But if I allow that, what is going on right now, to overburden me, And I begin to think about what is happening right now, it would be easy to begin to lose heart, to faint, to say, I don't think I can make it another day. Because in my flesh, I can't. When I focus on the quote unquote reality, which is real, of today, it's going to become more and more overwhelming, and I'm going to become more and more discouraged. And it's not going to be God receiving glory anymore. It's going to be another casualty in the Christian race. But Paul is saying, listen, I'm enduring all things for your sakes because I want God to receive the glory. And because I want God to receive the glory, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to lose heart. Even though the burdens of this life are heavy upon me, I can view them as light affliction. I can view them as, hey, it's just for a moment. This life with eternity coming is just for a moment. It isn't that long. God's grace will see me through. And God is working something. He's accomplished something through this suffering that is far greater. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. But some of us will never see the eternal weight of glory that God wants to see working in our lives. Because when that great aff- great affliction, That should be viewed as light affliction comes upon us. We say, I've had enough. It's just too much. You know what? I can't handle this anymore. I'm done. That is the human tendency. And if we are viewing life by what we see, what can be seen, we will come to the point to where... We no longer view this life as light affliction and but for a moment. But it overcomes us and we quit. We faint. We lose heart. We're done. But that isn't where God wants his Christians. When Paul was writing to the Corinthians, he says, this light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. He's including the Corinthian believers here and he's saying, listen, What is going on right now is working for us. Get on board here. Get included in here. It's working for us. Something far more an exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we, if you are going to serve God, it's going to have to be you personally. His faith. His faith. You personally choosing to not be completely Enwrapped in what we see right now. If we look at that. I'm not just trying to repeat myself and repeat myself. But this world will bring you down. The trials of this life will bring you down. The flesh, the constant battling that we have to deal with, will bring you down. God is not making light of the suffering we're going through. That's not what God is doing here. He is saying, no, it is light in, when you look at eternity. When you compare what is going on with eternity, it is light affliction. It is but for a moment. When I was at Bible college, one preacher came by and he told this story. I'm not sure if it's true or if it was made up or where the exact location of it was. I believe it's true. It's a story about, in the Old West, about a silver miner. He was a big company. He knew there was silver in this mountain. He knew it. All his tests showed it. Everything was there. And he brought his mining company out there. And he poured his money into it. And he poured his life into it. And he kept going. And he sunk the shafts deeper and deeper. And each day was nothing What are the results? No silver. What are the results? We haven't found anything yet, boss. As he poured more and more money into it, the results kept coming back. Nope. We'll keep going. Finally, he ran out of money. He said, I can't do it anymore. I just can't. So he sold it. He sold the whole mining operation. Retired with barely enough to live on. The guy who bought it from him, according to the story, took this original miner's shaft and sunk it 20 feet deeper and found the richest load of silver in history up to that point. 20 feet deeper. And he found it. What this other guy had looking for. But he had lost hope. He had lost lost his resources. But we aren't looking for silver today. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for something in eternity. We're looking for God to receive the glory. But when we allow today's afflictions, when we allow what is happening today, the suffering that our life is going through, whatever it happens to be, you you can fill in the blank. You know what it is in your life. I don't have to know. When you allow those to become what you're focusing on, when our what we see is what in front of us is what is in front of us instead of what is not seen, we cannot but help to eventually run out of physical steam and quit. But the complete contrast. Is true. The opposite of the coin is just as true. That when we allow ourselves to focus on what is eternal and our eyes are on what is not seen, our eyes are on God, our eyes are on eternal things, what God is trying to do, we won't faint. We can view what is going on in our lives as but for a moment. We realize in the light of eternity. We can see what is truly happening in our lives, even though it may not be what we desire, even though it really does hurt. God wants to see glory in our lives, but it only can happen when we view today's affliction in the reality of eternity. You can't give up today if you're looking at eternity if you're looking at something far beyond what we see today god wants to receive glory in our lives paul wanted that paul said for this cause for all things are for your, for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of god for which cause we faint not But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So what are we looking at today? What has our focus? What are we seeing? The things that are seen, the things that are not seen. Are we looking at today's trials and afflictions? Or are we looking at the eternal God who is on the throne? Are we looking at the reality of this world and the evil that it has? Or are we looking at the truth of God's Word and how God's Word tells us God is still in control. God still knows what's going on. Paul's trying to show the Corinthian believers here, view today's affliction on the reality of eternity and you'll be able to keep on serving God. Let's pray. Dear heavenly Father Lord we just thank you.